They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa, one of the thousands of things that I do on the internet, because apparently, even though we're in a pandemic and I have a day job and a wife and two children, I'm still bored or something like that. Um, Anyway, before I get into who my guest is today, it's a very special guest. I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, QK Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online, and my newest patrons, Chantel Sorrentino and Kevin Michael Hink. And as a lot of my shows are, but today in particular, this is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, host Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline. Talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If The Darkest Timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And now today's guest, before I let him introduce myself, there's a way that like fate brings you into things. And me and my wife, I think a month before we found out we were pregnant with Ava, my daughter, um, wandered our way into Boston, Massachusetts to the Black Rose, which is an awesome Irish pub in Boston. that has a lot of live music. We met up with some friends that were in town. We went upstairs and we're listening to the live band up there because the downstairs was just a little bit too crowded. And so was the upstairs. And there were these two guys on stage playing um, musical bar hits and traditional Irish music. And we fell in love. And I was singing along with everything they were playing. They actually invited me up on stage to sing with them. We ended up going back, I think, four times to watch them. And wouldn't you know, there are two guys from Dingle, Ireland that were just in Boston, I think, for the first time. And one half of them is here today coming to you from Ireland. Good sir, introduce yourself. Thanks very much, Chris. I really appreciate that, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Uh, my name is Tom, and uh, uh, as you said, I'm I'm half of the equation that should be here. Uh, the other half is Dave. Uh, we make up the the folk duo, the Blowins. Um, I just want to be, you know, I want to correct a little bit. We we are living in Dingle, but neither Dave nor I are from uh, Dingle, Ireland, um, at all. As a matter of fact, neither of us are are Irish of um, uh, born oh. descent. Uh, we yeah. So Dave, that up. sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It's a common misconception. It's it's where the um the, the name actually comes from. The blowins is a term, a local term for somebody who you know comes in, comes in off the wind and uh, comes in on the wind and uh, hasn't had roots going back ten generations and and whose house can't be seen from the the parish church for you know generations going back. So I um. Well, I guess I suppose it's a good place to start, uh, a good place as any anyways, about um, 12, 12, 12, 13 years ago now, I, I moved not far from uh, from where, where you are, because you're in, in Massachusetts, I'm from Connecticut. Um, I moved from the United States over to Ireland and landed in here. And one of my first few days, I stumbled into a music shop where I met um, Dave, uh, a guitar player and singer who had a, a shop there at the time. Um, years went by. Uh, before we decided to put a project together, um, and it wasn't the project in its current iteration. It was just a, basically a rock band, some some friends getting together to play rock. I have a rock background. Dave has a rock background for the most part. And um, when that kind of went the way that bands normally go, uh, Dave and I, who are great friends, um, decided that we wanted to to find another outlet. So we said, like, let's give a duo a try. And we started uh, performing out in some of the pubs, pretty low low scale. We both had our own private gigs um, on the sides. And um, it took off really quickly, and uh, people seemed to enjoy what um, 
what we had to offer. But one thing that we didn't have was a lot of Irish music, strangely enough. Um, Dave didn't really grow up on that. I, I kind of grew up on a lot of the music because I, I come from um, Irish grandparents. So I was familiar with it. Um, but we started to play in, in some of these places that, that were having a, a large tourist um, uh, influx that had a large tourist influx. And, um, and they, they needed that Irish music. So we said, we'll, we'll give it a go. And very quickly, it became sort of the primary thing that w- what we do. And we've kind of, we've had to learn as we've gone along, um, how to make it work. You know, we're, we're two, I'm, we're an American and a Brit playing Irish music in <laughs> one of the most touristy Irish locations there is. So the, the expectations high. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a backstory for you anyways, just to throw, to throw you off the, uh, <laughs> to throw you off the trail right from the beginning. I'll throw in a left hook. No, it does, doesn't throw me off at all. In fact, it's, I, I knew that's where the name came from, but in my brain, it was just, Oh, we were the blowings. Cause we're from, you know, not from Dingle. Yes. <laughs> I had forgotten. We're from, we're from extra, not Dingle. Yeah. Extra, not Dingle. We're from extra, not Ireland. Um, yeah. well, again, you, you do a great job and, and I like, I think that's what really drew us in was cause when we sat down, you weren't playing a trad song, you were playing, you know, I think closing time or something like that, you know, sure. and, and it's like, or, uh, or, you know, m- many other numerous, I mean, you, it was amazing how I knew almost everything you were playing, but I'd never seen you guys play before. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, you know what? When you play to a um a, a really diverse crowd, you have to be able to throw in a little bit of something for for everybody. Um, especially if you're doing things like weddings, or you just have a mixed crowd in front of you, and you want to make sure that you're you're playing to the young crowd, but you're also playing to Nana and you know Auntie Mary and and whoever else shows up. So you've got to have a, a mix, and when you do that mix, you you're oftentimes choosing from the um the the most popular of them, right? So, um, in a in a two hour set, we can we can uh, uh, keep the, the the music going without having to dig too deep, which is a good thing uh, and and a bad thing sometimes. No, of course. And, you know, I realize I know a lot of the traditional stuff through a, another weird um, connection. My friend Jim, um, who actually has done sound for a couple of things I've done, he's a he's a sound guy by, tr- by, um, by hobby. He works with me here. He's an engineer, but in the early days of the Middle East nightclub in Boston, he was their sound guy back when he was in college. Oh, and, nice. And so he's, he's, you know, he's now the sound guy for the Canadian American club in Watertown, Mass, which he lives in Waltham. And yeah. what does a Canadian American club play? It's mostly, you know, fiddle shows with people playing traditional Scottish and Irish and Quebecois sure, yeah. music, which is so, you know, I had heard different takes on all of the things you had played. Like, you know, you've got um uh the the Bell of Dublin City and then you know there's Belfast City and then there's three or four other versions of the song. And then he showed me how to play um Tell Me My actually on um on the mandolin. So I yeah. learned the, the melodic chord, you know, the melodic playing to that. And so I was doing that and just stumbled upon and it's like, man, I was just talking to Jim about this song earlier today. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of the beautiful things about folk music is that um, you, you really only have a loose framework, right? There's a, a, a melody and maybe the suggestion of a core of chords and, and maybe a story to tell. Uh, but that's essentially it. You just take that and you run with it. There is no right or wrong and you can get a million different interpretations and they can all be effectively right. Um, there is no there is no wrong answer as such. Uh, it's one of the beauties of, of, of the music. And we're, we're having to discover that every time we take a, a new song on we want to try to be as true to it as we can um 
we oftentimes don't know the the, the background of, of a song. We we need to do a little bit of investigation, um, and it it will shape how the song comes out. Some of them are played one way, some of them are played another way, um, and you'll hear one group takes it and runs with it in a completely different direction, and this one goes and stays, you know, really true to the original intent. Um, but you know, so long as pe- somebody on the other side is enjoying it, you're doing something right. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so I think you had, um, you had told me when we were talking in between sets at the time, but God, it's been so many years. Uh, it's been a good couple you, of years. Yeah. Yeah. How do oh, it's been like four and a half, five. How did you <laughs> end up in, um, in Boston at the black Rose? I, I remember there was kind of like an interesting happenstance that. <laughs> yeah, there's a there is a great story to it. Um, it's it's a little bit long winded. I'm I'm not even sure which parts of it I can can or should should uh, uh, relay. But essentially, um, yeah, we have as, uh, as possible is fine. <laughs> we um we had a, a a friend over here. Uh, Dave has known this this particular gentleman uh, for many years. Uh, he has a um um investment in in a, in a property over here and he's been coming for for many years and he's from from boston originally and uh you know every time he would come over several times a year he'd come in and see dave and then when dave and i started playing he'd come see us uh perform and um and a few years before um before you saw us, he started saying, Hey, why don't you come over? Well, you know, I've got, I, I know some people. Um, so we went over, uh, that year and, um, and ended up uh, playing in, in a couple of places, black Rose being one of them. Um, and there's, there's, there are some more, some more stories about that particular, um, um, trip over, but I, I think I'll leave, I'll leave those out for the, no, of course, of course. <laughs> but I believe, I believe your friends were actually there for at least one of the shows I was there for. Cause you introduced them to me. Sure. We had, I was surprised that there, um, I'm not sure whether it was Paul or not that, uh, that we introduced you to. We we're always surprised when we do something like that, who, who ends up showing up at that show it was, or at one of those shows. I'm not sure if it was that one in particular, cause we did a series of them over the course of time that we were there. Um, we had dear friends of ours who had, um, showed up at night. We had no expectation of seeing them. They walked through the door. I was just absolutely gobsmacked to see them walk through the door and they said, we just decided we thought we'd come and surprise you and take you out to dinner tomorrow. Oh. They had flown in from from Seattle. Yes, they're the ones I met. Right. Yeah. So that, that wasn't the ones who brought us over. But these these wonderful, this absolutely um, beautiful, beautiful couple um, just decided to hop on a plane, come out to the other side of the country and and see us play. And then, you know, they the following day, they took us out to dinner. Um, absolutely um, uh, brilliant. Now, have you guys since then, have you been back to the United States to play or has it been just a kind of hanging dingle and kind of riding that train for a bit? We were over on the uh, the, the West Coast over um, in Ocean Shores, a state of Washington, and did a few um, yeah. gigs over there. Um, I forget exactly what year that was. Um, we like to try to go back every now and again when we can, but it's difficult because a lot of what goes on uh, overlaps with our season in our season here in Dingle, yeah. which runs essentially from March uh, up into November. Uh, you know, where you make commitments to be there on a regular basis uh, and, and you don't, you know, that's, that's your bread and butter. You don't want to let those people down. They don't let you down. So you don't want to let them down. You don't want to take time off in the middle of that. So we try to do as much as we can in the off season. Uh, but I also will return to the States. Um, so we're not, we're not always in the same place even to, to organize that um, right. between Dave and I. Uh, so yeah, uh, 
we do like to go back. We have been back. We intend on going back again uh, when no specific, um, no specific details no, yet. Of course, it's just it, it's exciting that I was able to you know catch back up with you guys because uh, I'm so glad that you did. And I, and I have footage of you from those shows somewhere, and I have to get that up. It's just things have oh, moved. That's amazing. Moved, but I'll send it. I recorded a whole show. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I that's I, great. We ended up coming four nights. We 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 came back the next night and came the following weekend. And I remember I got real sick, and so Glenn you guys punishment. Song, you guys played a song we were going to sing together because I couldn't speak. Uh, <laughs> well, I, as I recall, I mean I'm uh, thankful for sure, but surprised that you showed up to any of them at all because, as I recall, that was one of the worst um, snowstorms <laughs> that had happened in Boston for years. Yeah, years. we were. Just- we were just obsessed. I, and it's one of those things, right? My wife is usually the first person to, you know, go, okay, it's going to be too hard to get out. And she was like, are we still going to see the blow-ins tonight? She was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, great. Right. I um, love it. it. It's interesting. You talk about the seasons. Cause we've noticed that too. We, we actually have plans. I hope um, if this thing ever lifts to go up to Nova Scotia, that's like our, our easy to drive to. It's oh like yeah. Happy, lovely. Happy place. Yeah. And, brilliant yes yeah, and we have family connections up there but there's also musical acts that we follow that play at the um red shoe pub which is a really well-known tiny little place where, um, where in nova scotia is that that is in um the red shoe god I'm, I'm gonna botch this name now it is on the west coast just south of shetty camp and i'm i can't remember the name of it because there's bedeck yeah, which is where that's right I, I i've only been up 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 sort of the the halifax area uh, as it is but it was okay. it was actually quite similar to dingle in that way a very maritime culture lots of brilliant pubs and very cool and you know b- best piece of halibut i've ever had in my life was at this right there you pub. go but uh you know it, it's just one of those things where you know and that was a year or two prior to seeing you guys where it's like it was great to step into the black rose and have it feel like that you know, like, oh, it's right. like we just we just walked into a place and saw, you know, a band and you guys were chumming it up with us and talking and there. And it's like, this is how this should be. You well, know, we felt like we equally we had a great reception there in that, you know, we went in and we are an unknown com- commodity uh, quantity there. We walked in and, and you know, nobody's going to know us from anybody. And, and just to have people sit and enjoy it, um, you know, it's different when you're you're sat in a place and people are coming to your town to where you are. Um, they presume that they should be watching you because you're there. Uh, but we went to somebody else's, you know, their own home turf and kind of threw ourselves into that situation. You never know what to expect, whether people are going to accept it, whether they're going to listen to you, whether they're going to enjoy it at all. And we thought we had a, um, just a, a wonderful group of people, um, uh, at the places that we performed. So we were very happy with that. No, absolutely. And you know, where. I'll say around here, particularly the people that frequent places like that are not always known for being the most accepting and inviting people in the world. So for you to have won <laughs> over that crowd is is a good thing. Um, they're, well, they're I will say that when, when we left at night, it looked very much, uh, very similar to what we would find walking out at a uh, closing time when we, you know, uh, out of the pubs here in, in, um, in, in Dingle. And we heard a lot of the same accents floating around the place as well. So yep. we yep. felt comfortable you're, enough. You were right there in the heart of it all. Um, that's yeah. uh but uh, you know, it, it it's so cool. Um, this this whole thing is just so cool. Uh, so what was I gonna say? Um, you know, it's wild that like you did the thing on St. Patrick's Day, and I know we talked a little bit about it in the bit I'm gonna slide in here. But it was so cool because that day 
I watched a Dropkick Murphy's show. I watched a Flogging Molly show, and I watched you guys all done the same way, basically. All right, there you go. And it, and it was awesome because it's like one, there's there's you know some uh, some spillover of songs, right? Even when you yeah, go through the same traditional type songs, um, but it it was just really cool because all of those streams, everybody, it was it was a community thing. Everybody was talking and chatting and happy instead of it being like, oh, it's such a shame we have to be doing it this way. You hit the nail on the head with that. That that to me was the most important part of it. And when we started doing it, I mean, I you know, it was our first time doing it. I was kind of bogged down in a little bit of um, uh, the technical stuff. You know, I wanted to make sure that we were still broadcasting and making sure sound was wh- where it needed to be. So I was a bit preoccupied, but I was also preoccupied with just staring at the chat and seeing people yep. talk amongst themselves and have this conversation kind of like. A performance that we have in the pub we don't need to be the center of that we are we're playing in the background and people are discussing amongst themselves and having chats and meeting up with other people and that to me was brilliant and it's so it's 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 not the same as just recording a video and putting it out there and saying here watch this it's here's this community thing that we're all going to take part in and we want to interact with you you let us know what you want to hear and you know let us know what you think and talk amongst yourselves about nothing in particular and that to me was I felt like that was something, you know what I mean? That was something more than just us throwing a video up and out on the internet. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you hit another important nail on the head of, you know, at a, at a theater performance or a performance at a big, you know, event, it's, it's often the only thing you're there to do is watch the band. And it's disrespectful to be having a conversation amongst yourselves. And again, there's certain things where that's kind of the, the reason to watch but let me tell you any concert i've ever gone to where i've just sat there and watched the band yeah okay i I have amazing memories of how the band was but i talk more to people about seeing you guys four or five years ago and the conversations i was having and the people i met and you know meeting you guys and talking or you know a punk show that I went to and met a bunch of friends and we were off having a conversation in the corner because we were so tired from dancing around that we caught up for a minute. So it ends up being the soundtrack to a great event instead of it just being the only thing you're there for. I I absolutely love that. I mean, to me, the, the fact that you got that, that that's what you come out of that experience with is 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 beautiful because that's the kind of environment that I want to be in. When we when we go out and play, Dave and I, uh, we're not playing to be the center of of the uh, of the enter- of the, the the room. We're there to to to, to be a, a background, a starting platform for it. Um, you know, it's sure to let people listen to the music, absolutely. But I love watching when people are interacting. It's great if they're interacting around the music, if they're interacting with us. Uh, it also, you know, it makes it fun for for Dave and I that um, that we don't have to just sit there and robotically pump out song after song after song with no interaction. When you do the number of shows that we do, some hundred and eighty plus shows a, a year that we do together. Um, you're playing a lot of the same material over and over again. And and if we didn't have that interaction with the crowd, it, it would begin to be very stale for us. But every show ends up being a little bit different because we're talking to the, the people in front of us. They're interacting with each other and they're interacting with us. And that makes it uh, pleasurable, hopefully, on both sides of that equation. Certainly for, for me, it does. So I'm glad to hear that it's uh, similar on your side. We don't have that expectation of, oh, everybody sit quietly and applaud uh, when we finish a song kind of 
scenario. Yeah, it, it's an essential part of the evening instead of it being the one thing you're there for. You know, it's just as important as the food and the drink and the, you well, know, like you said the soundtrack to it, right? Yeah. The, the and, background to it. Well, I'm happy with that. And, and, and that's not to, that's not at all to demote it at all. It's just saying it's as important to your whole experience. And yeah, that, and it doesn't demote it in my eyes. In my eyes, that raises it for 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 what it is, because that's the intent behind it on on my part, certainly, and, and Dave's as well, is to go out and just you know, I mean, that's why we're brought in. We're brought in because the the expectation in a in the places that we perform is that there people are there to enjoy their evening. Um, from the the perspective of whoever hires us, typically they wouldn't care if we went in there and juggled or told jokes so long as everybody's having a good time. It just happens that the medium that we provide that enter that backdrop of entertainment uh, happens to be music. And, uh, you know, we enjoy that because, well, uh, otherwise we wouldn't have a job, but, uh, it's really, it's not there for the sake of being music. It's there for the sake of facilitating a, a, a fun evening. And, uh, and if we get that done, we're happy with that. Well, exactly. And, and I equate it the same way. You know, there's, there's a lot of negative discourse that can come from anything, but I also happen to be a huge fan of movies. And to me, the best thing about movies, one, okay. The experience of watching it for the first time is very important, right? Everyone's quiet. I get to sit there in a theater and I get to enjoy it. But to me, the exciting part of it is talking about it with people after, you know, right. And, and with what you guys do, it's art that is consumed and experienced and discussed during and then after and that's it's your part of like playing to an empty room is pointless wow chris you just you just gave it so much more culture than we actually have thank you i appreciate that (laughs) but but playing to an empty room right okay so you can practice you can hone your craft but playing to an empty room is just practicing right yeah for sure seeing seeing the look on the face of the person over there seeing that whole table singing along and maybe messing it up or adding their own words because they think it's funny um you know seeing the bartender like you know like give you a thumbs up when you you know on something because it's their favorite song or you know whatever it is that whole thing is what you're doing and you're two people out of you know 100 out of 60 you know out of whatever that are creating an atmosphere creating an event and to me that you can go out to a pub for either a cover charge or for the the, you know just the price of the drinks you're going to buy that night have that experience there's nothing planned that can really equate to that you know yeah no i agree i'm 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 in 100 percent agreement with that for sure and if nothing else it's just a, a a good reason to go out and have a pint Exactly. And again, we've, we found, you know, we do a lot of trivia events here at, at bars, especially because you can go with the kids and it's not loud and it's not whatever, yeah. but it's the same thing. You know, you go out for trivia. That's, you're not there just for that. That's the, the soundtrack for what's going on. Right. So you're not, just, I'm here to answer questions. I yeah. want questions. Yeah. I didn't sit at a bar for three hours tonight with my wife and kids. You know, I went and enjoyed some cool craft beers and, you know, got to, eat some dinner and we had we 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 were competitive and we did something fun and we we saw people that we made friends with and became buddies outside after you know that's that's all part of it now not knowing outside of you said nova scotia being similar to to you know where you are paint me a picture of where you guys play in dingle like paint me a picture of the town if if it's sure 
Uh, I mean, uh, I National Geographic has has referred to it as uh, uh, consistently as one of the top ten most beautiful places on the planet. Uh, so yep. that gives you a nice idea. Um, Dingle itself is located in the southwest of Ireland. It's a peninsula, and it's out towards the tip of the peninsula. Uh, I think, I mean, don't don't quote me on these uh, demographics here, but I think there's about 2,500 people who who are permanent residents of the peninsula itself, and some nearly 2,000 of them live inside of the town. The rest of them are, are scattered around the peninsula. Uh, I'm out a little bit further, as is Dave, outside of town, so we're even a little bit more rural. Uh, but Dingle, um, because... Because of a, a a movie that was made back in the seventies, I'm going to say Ryan's daughter. Um, yes. They started to 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 build up some infrastructure for the filming of this, um, and uh, town really kind of prettied itself up a small bit for it. Uh, it opened up some of the um, the first restaurants in town to serve the 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 film crew that were in, and that really kicked off uh, what would become a booming tourism industry. Um, if you've not been to Dingle, um, certainly add it to your list if you're going to be anywhere near the area. It's absolutely amazing. So you can picture that uh, wherever you look, you're looking at the um, the ocean essentially uh, against um, as the backdrop to some beautiful rolling hills and farmland. And then when you get into the town itself. Um, I mean, I, if there's a, a place with more pubs per capita, uh, you wouldn't want to go there because it would be too many. It's just the right amount. Um, I think we've got something like 30 plus in town. You can literally stumble out of one and uh, and fall into the next one. And um, some some nights I have, uh, and they're all they're all a little bit different. Some of them date back a good number of years and are still in the in the original family name. Some of them are brand spanking new. There's a little bit of a changeover every year, so uh, there's there's something for everybody really. Um, some amazing restaurants, very colorful. Um, you know, if you look up Main Street Dingle on the web, you'll find thousands of pictures of this just um, quaint little. Um, quaint little village looking uh, little town um, with all the the colorful painted uh, buildings um, it's got, got some great shopping it's it's a uh, down by the water we have our own um, uh, dolphin fungi the dolphin who's been living in the uh, in the bay in uh, the dingle harbor for the last 30 plus years I think that's probably the only known non-captive uh, instance of a, a dolphin spending that much time in one area, uh, probably wow. in the world, still alive as far as uh, anybody knows. Um, people make a, a living off of that. There are several uh, tour boat operators that operate um, uh, sightseeing tours that take you out for checking out fungi. And the understanding is that if you don't see fungi, you'd get your money back. Um, and as the story goes, nobody's ever gotten their money back. This is a, a fairly consistent dolphin. Um, so wow. there you go. And some of the best. Um, some of the best porter that you'd um, you'd you'd ever hope to to imbibe. Well, see, there's that was going to be my next question because you just mentioned my favorite type of beer. Uh, <laughs> so, I you know obviously over here we 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 know some Irish beers because um, they make their way over here, and some of them I like, and some of them are Americanized and terrible. Um, I'm looking at you. Anything that's not plain old Guinness, Guinness. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I don't know if you've if you've tried the horror when you were over here that is Guinness Black Lager or Guinness um, Golden, but they're terrible. Well, uh, you know, they, they there's there's plenty who would say that that Guinness doesn't travel well, and uh, there's plenty yeah. examples that they would people would give and plenty of experiences that I've had that would seem to support that. I'm I'm more in the camp that uh, it has more to do with how it's maintained and how yep. it's poured. Uh, so here here in Ireland, uh, Guinness being the institution that it is, um, you know they maintain 
their their own lines. You know, if you have a pub and you're serving Guinness, you will have a a Guinness rep coming out and cleaning the lines to ensure that they're clean and that you've got a fresh pull. Um, people are are picky about it. You know, there's uh, there was a time when when it was only one of a few choices. Um, so if you were going to have it on on draft, it better be good um, because otherwise you would lose that business. So it is absolutely fantastic. And especially this time of the year, typically outside of, you know, current pandemic related uh, um, uh, scenarios uh, that you would, any place that you go in town, you will just have an absolutely brilliant, brilliant pint of Guinness. Um, and that's not necessarily true if you if you leave if you leave Ireland or you go to places where the people aren't drinking it regularly it might just sit in the lines or it's it's not been maintained or they've got the wrong gas pressure on it or they've pulled yeah. it wrong um but yeah now the in in recent years the the microbrew um scene has really blown up here and uh, as it has ever as everywhere else and a lot of um a nice new um new brews have have come online so there's a lot more selection certainly uh but uh, one of the things that that's great about Guinness, especially if you're in Ireland, is you know it's going to be wherever you walk in. If they are serving, if there are pints to be had in a place, you are going to get Guinness. So if you enjoy Guinness, you never have to worry about whether whether or not they're going to have it on. It's going to be on, and it's probably right. going to be good. Exactly. Uh, so you mentioned porters, though. So there's there, there's got to be some local ones that you're fond of. I doubt I can get any of them, but. Uh... Um, <laughs> there, there are. As a matter of fact, I've got in, in walking distance about a five minute walk at the end of my road is West Kerry Brewery, and they've got a, a, a Carrick Dove um, that's a- absolutely brilliant, um, uh, as is uh, any number of their their fine beers. I don't want to be necessarily spokespersoning any of these, but uh, it's one of my personal personal favorites. I do enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> that we've got um, uh, loads of them micro brews that are just. Uh, very local in town. Um, I mean, there's there's any number of them that, that you can find, and there's lots of um, uh, pale ales popping up and some oh, yeah. some porters. Um, I, I'm kind of finicky about my about porter. One of the reasons that I, I really enjoy uh, Guinness is that it it misses out on the the chocolatiness. I think a lot of porters say, "Oh, it's a chocolate porter," and I think that it for me, anyways. I'm no, I you know, I don't really know the whole beer thing um, inside and out, but it seems that that that's a default uh, position of a porter is to, to automatically become chocolatey. And I don't necessarily, after a pint of, of, of something that tastes chocolatey, um, I'm done with it. I'll move right. on. So I'll go back to the Guinness side. So if you can present me a porter that doesn't taste like chocolate, um, I'm a happy man. Right. Yeah. The, the, the drier um, style. Exactly. It's, and again, porters, they, they, people that know how to do them, they range in all kinds of different flavor profiles. But you're right. Most people that make a porter, that's just what they default to. And it's like, no, find me, find me someone that all they make is porters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it must be like the it must be the sort of the, the the easiest way to make a porter is to have it come out tasting like chocolate, which you would think would be fantastic because who doesn't like chocolate, right? But um, you know, when I want my uh, when I'm having a coffee, I want it to be coffee flavored, and when I'm having yes. a porter, I want it to be porter flavored. And in my mind, I suppose because my introduction to porter was was Guinness, um, porter flavor is Guinness flavor. Yes, no, absolutely, and that those are actually my favorite porters are the ones. I think you cool. can probably at this stage get a sponsorship from uh, from Guinness for this for this yeah. episode at least. So, well, I mean, it is. I am talking to someone from Ireland, so I think Guinness is just going to sponsor it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, we'll oh, see. you you mentioned the word Ireland. Here we are. 
ball caps. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's like around here, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, um, Guinness coming out and, you know, doing the lines and stuff. That's how Sam Adams is in the Boston area. Yeah. Because, um, because you cannot get a Sam Adams that was actually brewed in Boston outside of Boston. Um, oh, right. They don't have them on draft. Yeah. Anytime you buy Sam Adams in a store, it didn't come from Boston. Anytime you get it on draft, that's not within like a 20 mile radius of Boston. It's from New York and Virginia and the other places that they make it. And the how Boston, do you find the difference between the two? Oh, it's, it's a big draft. And, yeah. Is there, and, and not, not enough. Neither one of them are bad beers. I like Sam, Sam Adams has gotten a reputation for being the okay beer. They're the, like the okayest, um, craft beer company because they're a craft beer company that operates at like an Anheuser-Busch level of production. Right. So I, I do. Rem- I do remember when, when they were like the only other craft brew, they were, they were the craft brew when that came out. There was nothing else. It was, yeah, it was what do you mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not Bud or Coors or, or <laughs> then, you know, they, what, what's this strange new fancy beer. But what, but what's cool is if you get it on draft in Boston, it came from that tiny little factory hole in the wall brewery in boston that's and, great they're still doing that yeah and so they come and maintain the lines and they buy it back if it's out of date you know they're very much on top of that yeah. um, which is which is very cool so it, it's one of those things where if you get it in boston and you have a bad sam adams they won't be making sam adams at that place much more much longer you know it's right. <laughs> that's good i mean hey right you you want to protect what what it is that you have and what if what if what you have to offer is a a flavor profile right you want to protect that so and there's so and, there's so much that can go wrong that you absolutely. you want you want to be on top of it and what i found with them too is they they go out and support a lot of small craft breweries too like I, I went to a few out in la i went to la with work and i'm like this is a really cool tiny brewery they have such a small amount of beer they've only been around six months how could they have afforded to build up a facility with like so much brand it, it just was very nice looking very well branded and they yeah. said oh actually we're, we're we're funded and sponsored by sam adams you won't see the name anywhere here but they invested in us all you right know? okay all right that's really cool um i also found out that uh what's it um there's a brewery in new york and i'm gonna forget the name now but they make three philosophers um a few other things and i'll I'll remember the name as soon as i come off here but they're right near the baseball hall of fame is where this um and their brewery is built to look like a belgian farmhouse brewery and they're 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 owned by the company that owns duvel right right but you won't see that anywhere like they allow them to be their own thing and I think that's really cool. Well, I, you know, I think part of that is is a little bit of marketing as well, right? For the exact same reason that, you know, you talk about uh, Sam Adams being an Anheuser-Busch uh, organization. Once people find that out, they go, oh, it kind of loses its 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 flavor, you know, because now it's no longer the small microbrew. They're just a, another branded, which is why a lot of these companies, when they, when they buy them up, when they buy these microbrews up, they allow them to operate under their same name and in the same buildings. They just scoop up a little bit of the recipe and start pumping it out for as long as it stays hip. Um, 
and it's not to take to take away from from the 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 taste of these these beers. A lot of them are lovely, but uh, it's just sort of the nature of the consumer to want something that's only in short supply. Um, it, it amazes me now to watch. Uh, as I said, I've got a brewery right down the road here, and it's it's kind of where my my local pub where I I would go to have a few pints and sometimes a few too many pints. And I'd sit there, and it was amazes me now to watch the microbrew tourists come in. Right, they are they are moving their way through the country, and oh, some yeah. of them through Europe, from microbrew to microbrew, and they want the they want the you know the, I don't know what they call them, the flights, the samplers, the stickers, yep. the they want to, they're they're on a tour to collect these things and to try these these beers, and they want the history of the place, and they want an understanding. It's not just going in and just relax and have a pint. They are there on a, a on an experience that revolves around these microbrews, which is great. Yeah. No. And then. And I'm one of those people. If I was over there, that's what I'd be doing <laughs> on top you, of listening to the music. You'd be spoiled for choice in the last couple of years anyways, because so many of them have popped up. And there's, um, there's, I mean, just in this area alone, there's a, a good few really, really nice selections, I have to say. Oh, it's the same here. You, you think, you know, I think when I first turned 21, it was, you could count on, on, on your, and that was, you know, 15 years ago, you could count on, you know, your hands, how many there were local. And in the last five or six years, it, it's impossible to not stumble upon one. You you can almost see them coming in at this stage. You just you look around for an old unoccupied building, and you go, you know what? Probably is going to end up in that. Yep, that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a microbrew. And in Massachusetts, it took some big law changes, right? Like they they had you know they had a hard time working out liquor licenses and stuff for places like that. And the the microbrew liquor license oh, right. is different. So they're not allowed to sell a certain quantity or make a certain quantity or give away. It's all kinds of weird, strange laws around here. Oh, I didn't realize that, that they operate under a different different license. I presume they that they do. were just sort of like a bar. They do, and then and then the companies, you know, make it the, the states make it harder for them to sell out of state. So then there's a whole other set of things. It's, ah, right. It's you know, you know the United States. We, you know, the, the place where every state operates like its own tiny little country. And that's why <laughs> one state you can do certain things right. you can't do in another state. It, it is in the name, right? The United States. Each is its uh, own state. Uh, place. <laughs> it makes it so much fun. <laughs> but but back back to – this is obviously an amazing conversation. Um, back, back to the music and the specific – so sure. have, you guys, have you guys been – is it still that you play at – you know, kind of one consistent place in Dingle like you have like a, or is for it that you're for the last several years, we we've had a fairly consistent schedule. Um, that means that we're playing in the same places on, on the same days, but uh, different yeah. places on, on those different days. So we have, you know, four or five places that we would routinely go through. So on a Monday, we're in the Dingle pub, for example, on a Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, we'd be in, in, um, Dingle Bay hotel and, um, you know, we move we move through the the different um, uh, places that we are, and it's nice because we know where we're going to be, right? And because there's so much turnover in town, um, there's always new people coming in. So you're you're not really you're not really oversaturating the the um, any place that you play. But then we also do uh, all sorts of different gigs on the side as well. So on the days that we are not gigging, um, or in the off season, we or during the day, we might be doing weddings um, or um, uh, communions uh, or any kind of you know family yeah. event corporate event hotels um you know what, whatever happens to pop up we do those as well uh, but for our regular our regular seasonal work they those are um um 
that that's fairly consistent. Uh, this year, obviously, being the exemption to that, there's no consistency whatsoever. The season has not started. We're hoping that uh, <laughs> we're hoping that towards the latter part of the the summer, there might be able to eke out a few days of it, <laughs> if not to just say hello to the uh, to the publicans and and some of the staff who we in, enjoy interacting with on a regular basis. But uh, as of yet, we're we're still in lockdown for the foreseeable future. Nobody's opening their doors. So, wow. Yeah, it, it is crazy. So th- these places, when 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 you know the world isn't crazy and you do get to play at them, what what are like the sizes, like crowd size, size of the pub? You know, roughly. You don't have to give me square footage. Yeah. Like, um, so where the black rose, typically not 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 as large. That's a multi-story. But I would say, uh, like, if you if you if you took if you took that upstairs section of the black rose where you've got you know uh, call it. 60 to a hundred people, yep. um, uh, that, that's sort of your, your, your size. And it depends on how full up it is. It's, you know, these are, these are pubs and most of these pubs have been in, in town for, a, um, a good number of years. And there's, there's sort of limited space. There's a lot of them in there. And, um, you know, uh, not to say that they're small, but you know, you have a, um, you have a crowd in there. One of the places that we play, which is probably uh, where we end up seeing the most people is, um, Potty's bar in the the Dingle Bay Hotel, and um, because of the layout, because there's a restaurant that sprawls out, we're sitting sat up in the in the in a top section on one side of the bar, and then the place opens up into a full size restaurant in the back, and there there could be several hundred people in there dining yeah. and drinking, and there could be an event, there could be a funeral going on. We have played funerals uh, before, um, you know, we we never know what, necessarily what we're walking into, but people come and go. They um, some some will come up and they'll sit right next to you, and and they are there for the night, and they're not going to move, and they're singing along, and they're having the crack, and they're drinking and and requesting songs, and other people they come in and they look at you for 10 minutes and they smile and maybe they buy a CD or request a song and then off they go because they've got, you know, they're only going to be there till tomorrow and they've got 30 more pubs to check out and they want to make sure that they hit all the, uh, hit all the spots. So it's, um, you know, it's a lot of, lot of turnover. Um, but we also see a lot of the same faces. So year after year, we see a lot of the same people coming back. Um, you know, they come and they visit, we have conversations, we get people up to sing with us. And, um, you know, that's, that's a fun part of it as, as well, making sure that, um, you know, it's not just a, a random, random new faces every night. We get to see some, some old friends as well. Absolutely. Now you said, um, coming from Connecticut and having Irish in your family, you know, you kind of had the um, access to knowing some, some of the traditional songs from that. And then Dave coming over from yeah. England is there, is there a melding of culture trad songs or do you kind of try to stick with the Irish trad stuff and then everything else is just kind of more current or what, what's the, what's the oh, approach? Chris, there? it is all over the place. I imagine <laughs> We're making this thing up as we go along, you know, both Dave and I admit uh, that, that neither of us really, we don't know how this happened. We d- we don't know how we ended up being in the in the situation that we're in. We just know that we're here and that we you know enjoy it. Um, the I, I grew up um, you know my my grandparents um, quick little side story. We're both from this area. My grandfather was um, about four miles west of of Dingle Town. My grandmother was four miles uh, east of Dingle Town. Uh, they never knew each other. They met each other over in the states years later in their thirties. So I'm I'm back in this particular area, but growing up in Connecticut in that household, they you know there was a very very strong Irish culture, right? Um, so the music was always on in the background. For me, the Clancy Brothers was just there. The Dubliners was yeah. just there. Um, 
So I knew many of these songs, uh, but in as a child, they were, they were some of my favorite songs, but as you grow up, you know, I, I was into rock. So, you know, you let those things go by the wayside and they, they it has the connotations of just being, um, you know, cheesy and I don't want to be dealing with that. Um, but it's it's seen differently here, especially by by the the tours who come in, and you know they want that music, they want to hear it there, and there is history in that, and there's stories to be told, um, and so you know I had to kind of tap back into the past and <laughs> remember what some of those music are. But the um, you know Dave brings a, a wonderful component to this um, because I, you know he he comes from a, a a rocky background as well but he very much brings the 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 brit side of things right i come right. from the american pop side pop rock side he comes from the british rock side and so i mean he's introduced me to so much material that i didn't know and not just on the rock side but on the 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 folk side as as well richard thompson for example like just some you know amazing uh-huh. um uh singer songwriters um so i'm always uh, uh, um uh, impressed with with kind of the the how we're able to assemble a set list that's in any way coherent but there's not really any planning that goes into it specifically it's just sort of evolved that way uh, when we first started off we weren't doing very many we were specifically told by um by one of the the venues that we were at you need about an hour of of kind of just solid very touristy irish music before that crowd will start to change over and then you can open it up into whatever else so we right. set out specifically i we we sat down and dave said right think back name me some songs what are going to be some songs that, so you know you talk about your wild colonial boys and your whiskey in the jar and your you know so on and so forth but as you start playing um you're going to get your requests and those, so, those same requests keep coming up. So if you don't know it, you better learn it, right? You've got right. to have certain songs. And what's amazing is that Irish songs, um, the, the Irish diaspora is so widespread. They're everywhere through the world. And when, when they emigrate from this country and they go to whatever part of the world they end up in, they bring with them their music. And then that music becomes the Irish music of the place that they've now immigrated into so they start their own kind of culture of irish music there so then when their descendants end up coming back and they're requesting their music um it's stuff that you know we've never heard of never heard of that and they're like what are you talking about that in you know back in latvia that's the most popular irish song there is you know so we're we're, we're constantly having to, to uh, change up the, the set and, 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 you know, move things in and, and accommodate um, a, a section of, of Irish music that, that we hadn't anticipated. And a big part of that, of course, is, is the, Ir- the Irish from cur- and currently living in Ireland. Their expectation of Irish music is entirely different. Um, so we have to make sure that we've got that in as well. You know, it might leave some of the wild colonial boys behind and, and bring on uh, you know, Christy Moore and uh, uh, the, the likes, but, um, you know, you've got to be able to attend to all of those different parts of the crowd, wherever they are, and make sure you strike a balance in hopes that you're going to keep as many people happy as possible. Right. And I've also noticed, even though, you know, coming at it from a, from a spectator and not having, you know, as much of a musical background, but you, you start noticing consistencies. And, and when you think about it at first, you go, okay, well, Irish music and just someone performing live at a bar, you know, there's a fun kind of like archaic, like chaotic component to it. Not that you play chaotic music, but it's just, it's fun and it's relaxing and it's this, and it's just a hangout kind of thing. But I've also noticed, like, especially if you go to like a Canadian American club, 
the older people that want the traditional music there's a composure to it there's a stance there's a way you hold the instrument there's a way it's played do you find that you know you know you're playing a whole bunch of different kind of music but you guys have a through line to your sound right you sound a certain way you know for sure because you play together has that been influenced by people wanting it to sound a certain way or is it just how you guys percent you know it's difficult sometimes to bring to it some of the expectations that other people bring to it because it may have meaning for them that that you never would know um you know we've had people have sat in front of us when we're playing songs uh you know who are in tears and you wonder why they're in tears over this just it's singing a song but it has it has something some meaning to that person um you know a lot of, of folk music in general specifically irish folk music it's it's rooted in history and ireland's had some pretty difficult times over the past uh-huh. several hundred years so you know a lot of those people it's 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 in their family history. So when you're singing a song, you're not just singing the song, you're singing something that has meaning to those people. And you have to keep that in check. You have to keep that in mind when you're saying, and you know, I'm always at the very, and I'm sure Dave would say the same. We're always a little, little bit least aware that we are, you know, an American and a Brit um, playing music in in Ireland. We, you know, I, we're, we're always a little bit careful about playing some of the music just because, you know, there's a, a lot of it has, um, um, a, a, a complex um, issues surrounding it, and you don't want to set off one side or the other, or one side against the other. So you know you have to you have to play it by ear, and there is complexity to it. Um, you know, for for, <laughs> for myself, I don't really particularly consider myself a a great a musician. Um, I think people enjoy what what it is that that Dave and I do um, because we enjoy what we do and because we want others to enjoy it. And people see that and they interact with that. Um, you know, I, I, there are some amazing uh, musicians, uh, specifically just because they are are. Um, so adept at their instruments. The instrument that I'm playing now is a, a variation on a bass. I'm not a bassist. Um, I didn't really play. I played a little bit of bass back in, in high school, but I'm a, a drummer percussionist for 25 plus years. Um, it would just seemed odd to be able to, you know, to, to, to think about going out and having a duo comprised of an acoustic guitar and a, you know, 12 piece drum kit. Um, so I said, right, I'll pick up the, the, the bass and we'll do some backing vocals. And off we went, I'm not going to pretend that I'm, um, that I can bring the level of musicianship, um, to, to the performances, but, um, I think both Dave and I, we do bring our attention to it and we try to bring the attention to the songs um, that the, that the songs deserve. And I think that's something that people recognize. And I hope that they recognize that because it's something that we do with intent. So um, I don't know if that answers your question specifically, but no, it, does. It, it, it comes, it comes through is, is what, what my intention on the question was, is that you can tell um, and hearing you acknowledge that is good for me. Cause you know, listening to it, it's like, okay, you know, there's a performance aspect here that seems very intentional to me. You know, how, like how the hell the song is, you know, brought up, how it's played, you know, the, the seriousness given to some of the songs that are about pretty damn serious issues. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear you say that because, you know, I didn't want to be reading something into it that you didn't necessarily intend. But, but as I said earlier, you know, it's all part of the experience. You can have the best musician in the world they can't perform in front of people to save them their life. They can't engage a crowd to save their life. And if you're able to engage a crowd and bring them to tears over something that's important to them, and you didn't come and 
talk to them about how they wanted you to play that song. You just, this is how we've come to play it and gotten the best reaction out of people and feel the crowd and they, they get something out of it. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's amazing to me as well. And, and, you know, uh, like you were saying, it's something it's, it's more about the performance and that's kind of where I consider, uh, if, if I, if there is a craft to be had, if I have a craft, the craft is in the performance again, I, I you know, as far as my musicianship skills are, are concerned, um, nothing, nothing special there, but the, I, you know, I, I love getting up in front of a crowd of people and, and, and trying to read the crowd and look at the crowd and, and anticipate what it is that they're looking for in order for them to have the kind of evening that they want to have. Um, I enjoy that. Um, and, and, and I think that it, for, for me, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Dave. It appears that he enjoys it as well. Um, he does it very well. We, we both feel very comfortable up in front of uh, these, these groups of people doing what we're doing. And we, we have a good time doing it. And I think people just, they just feed off that. They just, they're comfortable and they're comfortable having whatever feeling about the song. Sometimes they just want to sing along and clap their hands. And other times they want to sit and, and just contemplate maybe the, the, the content of the song. We don't mind. We want, you know, from, from our perspective, we're happy that, that people are enjoying themselves. You can take whatever you want from the music. Um, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, I want to I want to give it seriousness where 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 there is seriousness to be had, and some of them are lighthearted, and we'll take them lighthearted. Um, but you know, sometimes I'm sure we miss uh we miss the mark on it altogether. Uh, so be it. You know, hopefully we have many more years ahead of us to work out the details. Well, I hope so too. Uh, you know, I I want to see you guys live again, whether that means me coming to Dingle or finding you back here or just virtual, right? Well, you know, hey, for it, your own sake, I would say make just make the trip. You're, it's not something that you want to miss. I, I have to say, like you know, I've been here for for. 12, 13 years. And, um, and uh, I'm still amazed sometimes I, I sometimes forget to look up, but, but when I do, I'm consistently in awe of, uh, of the landscape that's in front of me. It is a truly a beautiful place and, um, and, and you can't go wrong. So you, you want to make the visit out, wait till the kids maybe are, are a little bit older so that they can enjoy it as well. Um, yes. but Hey, you've got a place to stay anyways. No, exactly. And, and I, I was almost there to tell you the truth. I almost reached out to you guys from England. I, uh, right. this was 2017, 2016, a few years. I was over in England, um, in, uh, up near Liverpool. I was in Manchester and we were out in Liverpool and I was looking into it. Cause I'm like, if we have an off couple days, let's just take the ferry over to Ireland and get down to Dingle and see these guys. Like I was, uh, that would have been great fun. I was looking into it and we just ended up having too constricted of a trip. Yeah. And so yeah. We, 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 we did a day down in uh, London instead, which was wonderful as well. Sure. But, um, well, you certainly want to give it, you want to give it its due as well. You don't want to just come over for the day because uh, you're, you're going to be missing a lot. You wouldn't even get to enjoy a, you know, a, a fraction of the fine pubs selection no, that we have. We, so we were hoping for a whole weekend, like get out of work on Friday, take the ferry over, be there Saturday, Sunday, and then come back Monday and fly home was kind of what yeah. we were looking for. But well, I'll tell you, I, I don't know what the, um, the situation is going to be after this pandemic thing wraps up or what the, whether this pandemic thing wraps up in any logical form, but you know, b beforehand, certainly the, the flights now are just getting, it's, it's making it so easy. I mean, to be able to fly in and I, I mean, I, I, you know, my family is still back in Connecticut and, um, 10 minutes from, from Bradley airport and I can get in and out of Cary airport through Dublin over to, over to Bradley for next to nothing. 
You know what I mean? Uh, family coming over for for a uh, um, you know for for a long weekend, <laughs> and it's it's great value. It amazes me how fast it is. Like when when I was younger, it just didn't make. There were no direct flights anywhere. It's like you mean I can be in England. Like it, it's you know like nine in the morning. We're like we're gonna fly to England for this afternoon of work, and I go I can be in England this afternoon. Yeah, why are you <laughs> why are you routing me through Toronto? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Toronto. Oh, that place. Hooray for Canada. My name is Gibetto Funkin, one shoe stumble, knackle timber shivers, at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The many pennies? The many pennies. Them. I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this 24 item to-do list and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know, I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at adventureincpod.com. So how are you? Yeah, I think um, uh, as far as as far as how things are faring on this side, I mean, I'm probably doing better than most. I'm I'm naturally isolated, right? I live in a pretty rural rural place. Um, my days don't look all diff- all that different from what they would look like uh, normally because um, you know, being being a musician, I, I leave the house for a couple hours at night, and which I'm not doing now because all the pubs and the the bars and the restaurants and the hotels are closed down. Um, right. So I've got a few extra hours during the evening. Um, but aside from that, uh, all fine. The, my my family and and friends um, seem all all fairly um, well. No no incidents along those lines. So, um, you know, there's there's high strangeness for sure. But um, I seem to be looking looking in on it from the outside, which is uh, I guess where you want to be if you're going to be anywhere. What about over yeah. there? Are you are you fairly isolated from it? I know that you said that you're uh, you're still working, right? No, yeah, I, I'm, there's no way to be isolated from it with what I'm doing. You know, mm. I, I still have to go to work four hours a day. Luckily, my 100-person company is down to about 20 people that come in. Okay. So we, and we keep very far from each other. But it's it's one of those, you know, the people that need to work, like I can work from home. Right. But the, there's people that can't. Yeah, so, yeah. and they're hourly and, you know, it's a lot more devastating to me to think about them not being able to work just because able-bodied, healthy me couldn't come in for a couple hours and feed them work. So that right. was the decision I made. Yeah, um, but, yeah. but we keep our distance. Um, and it's an essential company, right? It's not, you know, the, the company can't close because we do contracts for the government. So they're not allowing us to close. Okay. Um, so it's... Yeah. So, it's it's both it's a double edged sword, right? It, yeah, and and are you fairly comfortable with that? I mean, are you comfortable with with the precautions that are be taken? Are you is is the the oh, virus okay. itself something that you're in you're in fear of directly, or are you just more concerned about maybe passing it on or exposing other people to it? Or um, yeah, you know, I'm just more afraid of bringing it to my family. I, I I don't like if I got it, I'm I'm a pretty healthy person with yeah. not a lot of medical issues. But it's everybody else. So, you know, I, we wear masks at work all day when we're, you know, around each other and they split up people that were in the same offices. And, you know, aside from that, the only other place me and my wife go is food shopping. And we have someone watch the kids when we do that. So, 
and what about and what about Sarah and, and the kids? Uh, are they are they at home? Is Sarah yep. still working? No, she she doesn't work. She luckily got to be a stay at home mom, so that's why my job right. is even more important. Yeah, uh, and uh, but she's she's their teacher now, and my, my yeah. daughter was in uh, pre K, so now she's the teacher, um, and that's hectic and chaos. But they've they've got a good <laughs> they got a good thing going with that. That's and good. Luckily, my daughter's teachers have been, and again, this is all public school, so I'm surprised right. they've been able to do all this. The teachers have been uploading videos of like class notes and work and sent them home with a bunch of work and email more stuff the longer this goes. And my daughter is special needs. So she has in-home services that can't happen anymore. But her in-home service provider does a half hour Skype call or Zoom call with her every day. Oh, that's good. Something anyways. So, oh, and she looks forward to it. She loves it. And so my my brother and mother and my sister-in-law and my father-in-law all Skype with her throughout the day too. And they all have like books that they read. And so she's, she loves it. And, and this, and this is, it's sort of a, a amazing slash scary slash optimistic. I suppose it all very quickly becomes the new normal, doesn't it? Uh, exactly. I mean, especially if you're a, a, a young kid and you don't have a huge amount of experienced years and years behind you to draw on. Um, this is just the reality of the situation. Especially Absolutely. the longer it goes on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a new one. It's a new one for you know, sure. It's, it's again, you know, to 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 get into the the reason to talk to you. I mean, because that I've I've been recording this whole time, so it's good. I'm just going to take that and stick it in here somewhere. Sure, that was good conversation. But um, I was going to say it, it's good to have pleasant contact with somebody, especially someone who has had a really good impact on on my life, and I mean that. You guys. It, it was fate that we ran into you and I, I love what you guys do and seeing you pop up for that St. Patrick's day thing. It was like meeting up with an old friend again. And oh, I had that's, to reach you. that's really so kind I, of you to say, you know, it's one of the reasons that, um, that Dave and I, um, uh, Dave being the, the other half of the, the equation, the blow-ins, the group that uh, we played that you've seen, um, over in Boston. It's one of the, the things we love about, um, performing is, is that we get to meet all these wonderful people from across the world. And, um, and, and in some part, be part of their lives. And, and, and you are all part of our lives as well. It's amazing when we, we didn't know what to expect when we decided sort of last minute on, uh, on St. Patrick's Day during the whole you know, initial shutdown, um, what we were going to see in terms of a turnout. We just decided, you know, let's, let's throw a live stream out there. Let's play some music. We haven't played in a while. We literally hadn't, hadn't actually performed some of those songs since the previous season because I had been away back in the States. And um, so... Um, to see everybody turn up yourselves and people from, you know, the West coast of the United States, from all throughout Europe, from Australia, from here in Ireland, from England, uh, it was, it was really, uh, touching and to get back in touch and, and see those, uh, and see those people. And, and we got such great, um, such great comments to see people, lots of people sent videos of, of them, uh, with, with us in the background, cat being cast to the television, uh, drinks being had, dancing being done. Uh, it was really heartwarming. I have to say. It's one of those things where technology actually made it more community based and it brought back that feeling a little bit rather than it being the thing that keeps you from it. And I think that's really a really cool flip of the coin. 
isn't right? that the, isn't that the absolute truth? And I've been saying for a while now, and it's not not my saying, but you know, there's there's not going to be a, 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 a political solution that gets us out of this this kind of uh, event. It's going to be technology in some form, and you're already see, starting to see some of those solutions pop up as we we find new ways to make connections uh, in the virtual world, even though we can't have them in the physical. And and it's going to be all right that way. It'll be fine. Right. You know, a, a friend of mine who again, you know, not really having understanding the feel of like you said you, you perform live and that community aspect you see somebody and they stick with you or they look you up later and it's whether you're playing a pub a thousand miles from home or just the weekly thing or the nightly thing you're doing at home um i didn't really know how that felt you know the the internet is a weird way of alienating you and mm. when i started doing these podcasts which happened because my brother felt, Hey, you need a creative outlet. My fans, he's a, he's a film critic. My fans want me to have a podcast. Let's do one. What I didn't realize is he gifted it to me. So he goes, this right. is your show now. Now start making your own and get out there. And what I found is that you end up building these little communities with people that like, will tell you, Chris, I need the thing you're doing every week. Like it helps me. And it's like, yeah. all talking about dumb stuff, but I, I do one about blockbuster video. Cause I used to work there. People love that. And through that one, I met this guy named Mark Levy, who's a one-man theater guy. He does like right. one-man editorial essay-like theater shows. And he did one about working at Blockbuster called Blockbuster Guy. And it won this big audience award and became this big deal. And then the pandemic hit. And so right. he didn't get to perform it anymore. So he actually just sold tickets and did a Zoom meeting version of it. The other oh, day, that's great theater, and, theater on Zoom, theater on yeah, the internet. That's great. So well that he sold out. So he's doing a second one, and I think that one's almost sold out. Yeah, I mean that—that's really you know you have to be able to look at the positive sides uh, of of these kinds of events. Um, you know, there's no there's no sense in in just dwelling on the on the negative side. And the positive side is that we're going to see a lot more of that. It's amazing to me to be on some social networks. I'm a big fan of using Reddit and to see um, the the. Um, public access network that they have where people can just broadcast and you wouldn't believe the thousand i i'm not even exaggerating i watched for i watched for about an hour um a man who was broadcasting basically moving in a tractor paper from one side of a um uh, one side of a driveway to another in some kind of industrial estate and he had twelve thousand people cheering him on inside of this this tractor um, and it was probably one of the most uh, surreal forms of entertainment I've ever taken place. Like, I don't know that that there is anything such called uh, uh, competitive paper moving, but I would really felt like I wanted this person to win whatever it was that we were cheering him on for. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. And it's not something that I think that existed more than a, a few weeks back in that pure form. People are looking for something new and they're finding it now. Um in these in these new outlets so i don't think that's going to go away even if we were to go back to the old way of um of living you know the pre-pandemic times and i'm not sure that we are going back to those but if we do i think some of these these new outlets are going to uh they're going to stick around and we're going to start seeing a lot more people finding new ways to utilize not that you know live streaming is a, a new way but certainly the um um the specific way that it's being done during the pandemic, I think, might be leading to some new some new outlets. So it's it's uh, I'm optimistic at anyway. No, me, me too. And it's it brings back some really positive, lower level things about um, social activities, right? Like you think back 
to being, you know, at least I think back to being a kid, you see somebody doing something cool on their own on the street, you might stop and watch, you know, think about a, a person performing their art or a person, you know, playing basketball or doing a chalk drawing or, or right. whatever, it, it gathers a crowd. And I feel like not that the internet had a negative effect on that, but it became more um, narcissistic and personal. Like I'm doing oh, yeah. a thing. I don't care if you like it. Right. And I recently did right before this pandemic hit me and my brother did a panel at um, PAX East, which is a big video game convention here in Boston. And that was like the last big convention that happened before everything got shut down. And actually the hotel next to it is where the outbreak in Boston started. So we were lucky. Oh, right. Um, but it was all about, you know, it was, it was kind of a tongue in cheek. It was called grumpy old gamers and it was a tongue in cheek, nostalgic video game show. But one of the things I talked about was how Twitch, which is a video game specific streaming service for people yeah. who play games, came from a world of a very negative thing. The whole going online and, you know, playing shooting games with your friends and yelling at each other and being really nasty and gross. <sighs> Yeah. And, it, and it's turned into because so many more older games and games that are more a few people playing or one guy playing type games, people have started streaming these again, but having crowds of people cheering them on. And that reminded me of going to an arcade when you're a kid and going, hey, this guy's about to get the high score on Marble Madness. Get over here. And everyone yeah, bring everybody around. And and you, you hit on that a little bit earlier as well. You know, when you're talking about um, these, you know, we've always had the ability to to share your your art. But you like, for example, I'm in a very rural area. There's only so many people you're going to 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 to, to be to address, especially if you're in the middle of a pandemic. And yet you can go online and whatever it is that you have to offer, you're going to find a community of people out there who want to see it. And, it, you know, it might be in the hundreds, it might be in the thousands or tens of thousands or even more. Um, but, you know, you're going to find that community because there's no physical space that you're limited to, which is um, which is just great. It's a, it's just another another outlet for, um, for for people to find that otherwise would have been limited to the physical area that they're that they're living in. And what could be better than that? Um, I, I realize now because this is the first time I looked at the time that um, I need to go back to work. And so, yeah, you have to do those things. Yeah. I first wanted to, you know, say an absolute giant thanks for this. I know we've had a hard time coordinating this and I appreciate it. Um, oh, look, uh, you, the, the pleasure is mine anytime. Thanks for having um, me on. I, I'd like to say also, please extend to Dave. I'd like to have him on and have you both on because I just love talking to you guys. And we're well, all that's great. I'm sure he'd love to. Um, but also, I wanted to give you a chance before we wrapped up to tell everybody where they can find your stuff where they can listen to you guys. And um, if there's, you know, you're, you're out of work, uh, I would imagine by not having this. So if there's any places you want people to be able to donate to or places to help, now's the time to say it. And if there's specific websites and stuff, send me the list after and I'll attach it to the video when I, or the podcast when I put it up. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I'm, I, you know, simply uh, the website, uh, theblowins.com, T-H-E, B-L-O-W-I-N-S.com. You can find all the information and all the links out from there. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube and all the, the necessary places. Um, you know, uh, as far as uh, donations and whatnot, we're not, we're not looking for, for anything along those lines. Everyone's in, in this same situation here. Uh, we're hoping to eventually get back to work by the end of the season. If not, we'll figure that out when it comes. But if you're, um, if you're on the website and you want to uh, buy CDs, we do have CDs up there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that should be fine. Um, so, you know, feel free. We always like, um, 
We always like to, to spread the word. And if you happen to be in Dingle, make sure that you uh, you come and check us out. All the information uh, when we are playing will be up on the website, theblowins.com. Awesome. Tom from the Blowins, thank you so much for shooting the shit with Chippa. And, you know, outside of people, I've been on someone's show from England. This could be the furthest guest I've had. All could right. Maybe Oregon and Washington might match. I don't know quite how that works geographically. I forgot to check. But um, for, for sure, uh, the first from Ireland. So thank you so, so much. Well, I'm glad we could fill that superlative in for you. Thank you, Chris. All right. Have a great day, man. You as well. Talk to you soon. All right.